Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Hey there, Financially Savvy Travelers. If you're like me, you're always on the lookout for a great travel podcast. Well, I want to tell you about a great show called Out Travel the System from Expedia. Now in its third season, it features tips and tricks for making the most of your travel experience. Join host Nisreen Natasi every other week as she speaks with people like Rashida Jones and Onika the Traveler, among others, to find out how and why they travel. Before you embark on your next trip, listen to Out Travel the System and hear from travel experts and industry insiders, as well as people just like you who have great travel stories to share. This new season is the best yet. So go ahead and follow today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show. And here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear when you follow Expedia's OutTravel the system. Research is absolutely critical, both on the flight and the accommodations front. So, Bill, why don't we start with you? What is your number one tip for travelers to make sure that they stay on top of the information and have as seamless of a you know booking and travel experience as possible. As you mentioned, it's a time where you have to do more homework to have a successful vacation than ever before. And you have to make sure that uh, you understand what the re- local regulations are, if there's any restrictions where you're traveling and so on. Uh, and that takes some research. One of the things we've tried to do is to make it a little bit easier by creating a resource center on Expedia. So if you go to expedia.com slash COVID travel, one word, you'll find a resource center, a travel guide that collects a lot of the information you need to know. So health, safety, and travel advisories. We can't ourselves keep up with all of those changes, but what we've tried to do is collect all of the links to the right local governmental sites and state sites so that you can find out what it's like, whether you're going to be able to travel to an area where there's a quarantine rule in place. We tell you about what it's going to be like when you arrive at an airport and what you can expect there. Hey, financially savvy travelers. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Sarah Wilson is an enthusiastic travel agent who specializes in private travel and guided group tours. She believes that travel is about experiencing the world and all that it has to offer. And I was telling Sarah before we actually hit record that I'm pretty sure that a lot of us haven't heard of this before, including me. So I am like, let's learn all there is to know about private travel. And I could definitely see the allure of private travel, especially for financially savvy travelers after the pandemic. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Okay. So let's just jump in. So Your travel agency focuses on private travel and guided group tours. What inspired you to start this travel agency with that specific focus? When I originally started, I kind of wanted to look at all things travel. And anybody in the industry knows that you can't keep your horizons that broad. You have to kind of focus in on something that you really love and something that you want to get really good at. So when I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go with my agency, I realized there's not a lot of agencies out there, a lot of agents out there who focus on private travel. And private travel is anything from private jets, private islands, private group tours, things like that. 
So I figured, you know, I want to step up. I want to learn everything I can about this and get really good at it. And that's what I've been doing. So what is the process of actually becoming a travel agent? What does that look like? I think the first thing you have to do is really love travel and really love research. One thing that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to being a travel agent is all the research that actually does go into it. It's not as simple as picking a destination and a hotel and boom, you're done. You have to actually really look into the locations, really listen to what your clients are asking for. And it can take days to figure out the perfect itinerary before you want to present it to them. And even longer before they say yes. It's definitely a job that you want to really think about before starting. And if you don't like research, it's certainly not for you. However, I do like research. (laughs) I like learning about the world, learning about different cultures, different areas. So all of that was fascinating to me. Once you decide that that's something you want to do, there are different host agencies out there, which is a great place to start. A host agency you become an agent under them, like a sub-agent almost, where you get to use their travel credentials and book trips that way. It's not until a little bit later that most people kind of branch off on their own and create their own agency with their own travel credentials. It's a process. It's definitely a process that you want to take slowly. Now, as a travel content creator, I think a lot of people think as a travel blogger, travel podcaster, I am traveling 24-7, which I wish was the case. (laughs) I wish that was the case. But like you mentioned, a lot of what I do is researching and a very small fraction ends up being the actual travel part. So do you find that to be the same for travel agents? Yes, absolutely. I spend most of my time wishing I was at the places that I was researching rather than actually going to them. Of course, I do plan my own trips. I do have plenty of things coming up that will benefit me personally and my business as far as travel goes. But you're right. It's definitely more research and definitely more wishing you were there than actually being there sometimes. Yes, I totally understand. So let's talk about private travel because I am confident that I think a lot of folks who listen to this show haven't heard this before. I did not even though this was a thing. I knew private jets. I mean, when you look at celebrities and multimillionaires, yes. But I didn't know that the average person, which is not a bad thing, but the average person could do this. So what is private travel? So private travel, all it really is, is an organized trip for you and a very specific group of people and no one else. So this would be maybe your family, a group of friends. It could be a corporate event. It could be a social gathering. And you're going to plan it with a travel agent who specializes in private travel. And it's just going to be you. So you're going to do either a group tour or you can do, there are cruise lines, there are yachts you can rent for a day, for a weekend, things like that. And it's just going to be you. So instead of spending all day at the beach looking for the best place, you know, the best spot to put your umbrella, best spot to put your chair, you know, it's going to be an empty beach for just you and your company. What are some of your favorite destinations that you have found that private travel works really well for? I think my favorite one is sailing the Mediterranean, like all the Greek isles and everything. There are definitely some very interesting islands, definitely some very interesting itineraries, and they're beautiful. So right now that's been popular. I mean, it's 
summer, so everybody wants to travel. And it's a great time to visit Greece. It's a great time to visit all those islands. Another one I've seen a lot, just small group tours in general, are kind of expanding to all over the world. So it's not just the Caribbean. It's not just Europe. There are tours for Asia. There are tours for Africa. There are tours all over the place. And I think the group tours are really what we're going to see a lot of picking up here in the next year or two. And how has the pandemic changed the way that people are thinking about private travel. For me, I would think that people are more excited about it and it's more of a something that they're looking for. Have you found that to be the case? Yeah, absolutely. I think when coronavirus struck, it kind of puts travel at a really bad position. It took the travel industry by surprise, just as it did everything else. The one thing that did survive and that kind of grew and thrived was the private travel industry. I think just because all the safety concerns and all the health and safety was already in place for private travel. It's something that they already took into consideration. So it wasn't them trying to find new ways to work around it. It's things that they had already been doing. So I think we're seeing a little bit more companies kind of step up and conform to that way of thinking because they needed to at the time. So it is something that's growing. I've seen it in a lot of different partners, a lot of different vendors that I work with, they're starting to include private travel or at least some options in their itineraries. Now, this show is all about financially savvy travel. So finances is like the number one question. How pricey is this? Is it as pricey as we think or is it more affordable? It can go either way. It just depends on what you're looking for. Now, there are, of course, you could rent entire private islands. Those are going to be a little more upscale for the most part. Now, I have come across a few that were rather reasonable as well. So something that a group of friends can afford or, you know, a family or a couple of families getting together for a reunion. Something like that where you're going to split the cost anyways. They're way more affordable than you would think. One of the nice things, again, I'm going to talk about the, the guided tours is that you could do a guided tour in Asia for the same cost as what you would spend for a week in the Caribbean. It's an itinerary that's already set for you. You'll have meals included. So it is quite affordable. Again, it just depends on what type of travel you're looking to do. And if folks are actually interested in pursuing private travel, do you have any like tips for them? I know you have an article, Budgeting for Your Adventure, where you share tips for making this financially possible. Do you have any tips to share? Yeah, I think especially with private travel, the number one thing I would recommend is to work with a travel advisor, a travel planner, a travel agency, whatever you want to call us, because private travel is not something that a lot of agents specialize in. In fact, a lot of private companies are exactly that. They're private. So they're not going to be found on search engines. They're not going to be found commercially where you would find regular flights or regular accommodations because they are with private owners. So if you're really looking to do something that is private travel in its fullest sense, you'll want to work with somebody who already has a book of business built. So a portfolio of different houses that could be rented, different jets that could be booked, different islands, if that's your thing, different touring companies. 
you can find some, but a lot of those aren't available to the public. So you want to find somebody who actually does have a book of business built already. Yeah, I can imagine that saves the planner a lot of time. And like you said, the relationship that you have with different companies is beneficial. The network that you have compared to if you're just kind of doing this for the first time, you have no idea what you're doing. So I want to circle back because I am curious if we can put some figures out there, generally speaking, it doesn't have to be specific, but ballpark ranges. Let's tackle first the private jet. Financially speaking, like how much would that typically range cost? It depends on where you're going and how large the jet is. Most of them will be split between whoever's flying. And I'm just going to give you an average. It costs anywhere from three to $4,000 per hour to fly on a private jet. Again, if you are splitting that between you know eight people, that might be worth it. If you're splitting it between more people than that, it depends on what you're looking for, what you're willing to spend. Excellent. And I know you also have a list of like your private options. So I want to go through the list. So how much would, generally speaking, uh, a private home or villa? And I'm sure it's based on the location as well. Sure. It's definitely based on location. It's based on the property size, based on the number of rooms. I'm going to give you just a general example, maybe a six person house somewhere in Europe. It could cost you know, anywhere from $500 a night to $1,500 a night. It just depends on what you're looking for. One of the nice things with private travel is a lot of stuff is also included. And when I say a lot of stuff, I mean, you can have a private chef included with the house. You can have laundry service. You can have a number of different things. So it's not just the house or the villa that you're renting most of the time. And that's something to consider as well. Do you think that a lot of people who are considering private travel are doing more of the group? Because like you mentioned, it can sound like a lot when you give the price tag. But if you're having a party of like five, six, 10, then per head, it's more affordable. Definitely. And I think that's one of the reasons that the groups are becoming more popular because people are seeing that you can split it. And a lot of times it's not even splitting it evenly. I've seen where the head of the family will pay more than the rest of the family. Or if you're doing amongst friends, I've seen people where they'll pay for their friend to come along with them. So it's nice because it's not excluding anybody. You can bring whoever you want with you and split the cost any way you'd like. And do you find that some of these options have payment plans as well? Yes, a lot of them do. For the most part, you are required to put down a deposit and the deposit depends on just the person that you're working with the owner of the villa or the island or the jet, it's typically anywhere from 25% of the total to 50% of the total. But there are then payment plans where you make a payment every month or up to a certain date. Awesome. Awesome. And for me, my ears get perky when I hear private yachts and private cruises. (laughs) So tell us more about those. So private yachts and private cruises are exactly what they sound like. You are able to charter a yacht to take you out and explore different islands or from one port to another port. And they, again, typically have a lot included as far as food, drinks, service, things like that. You can spend you know, a couple hours out on the ocean or you can spend a couple of days. With the cruises, 
This is very interesting to me, and I can't wait to put one together for somebody. You can do an entire cruise. You can design an entire cruise from port to port and all of your destinations just for you and your group. Now, of course, there are going to be a minimum number of people, say 50 people or so, which would be perfect for a wedding or, you know, a social event or, you know, something you'd really like to celebrate with a group of your friends and family. But that's exciting to me that you can kind of design it from the bottom up. Yes. You know, I was just getting excited because I was like, you know what? It's coming up on my one year anniversary, my wedding anniversary. And my parents are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, you know, maybe a private cruise, maybe not this year. But now that I have you, Sarah, I can see what we can do. So this is so exciting. Let's talk about some of the myths that you encounter often. Number one, the question that I have for you, is it a myth that For example, the commission that you make as a travel agent is on top of what folks are paying or is it built into the cost? How does that work? So that is built into the cost. What it is is typically when you're working with a vendor or, you know, a person in private, you're going to talk about commission before you even talk to your clients. So when I'm building my book, when I'm looking for new people to work with, we always talk about commission before I agree to any terms and conditions, because I want to make sure that I'm getting paid for the work that I'm doing as well. So it is built in and it's typically a percent, typically not a huge percent, but it's built into the cost total. So it's not on top of my clients wouldn't be paying anything on top of what they're already being charged. It's built in. Which I think is really advantageous because it's like you're getting this expertise of an agent that can navigate booking, making sure that your experience is well put together. And do you also keep in touch with your clients like while they're out and about, if they have a a problem, are you on call or do you just book and that's about it? Oh, no, I'm definitely with them all the way from the time I set up my first consultation with them to the time that they book to the time that they travel. We are in constant communication. I'll be letting them know any travel alerts that come up in the meantime. I'll be letting them know just different facts and fun facts and tips about traveling and their destinations, things like that. And of course, when they come back, I want to follow up and make sure that everything went well for them. Excellent. So we talked about jets. We talked about private islands. We've talked about cruises and yachts and staff, like having a chef, but also villas and castle stays. Tell us more about that. So yeah, I know you can see this on Airbnb a lot. I've checked that out as well, where you can rent a villa or like you said, a castle even for a weekend, for a week, for any amount of time, really. That's super exciting to me. I have yet to do a castle stay, but it's on my bucket list of things to do maybe this year. But yeah, it's exciting because people are opening their homes up to you, their properties up to you. And these are places that you otherwise would probably never get to visit. Now, I don't book with Airbnb. To me, that's risky to book my clients through them. I want to work with people who I personally have contacts with. But all of those options are still available to my clients as well. Love, 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 love that. You also have here a note about safari animals and wildlife. That definitely sounds like private. Like I want to do that with my family and my husband. And that sounds really cool. So what does that look like? Safaris is something that they have been around for a while. And for the most part in the past, we've seen safari trips where 
you take 20, 30 people out with you and it's great, but now we're seeing smaller groups. And what I like about the smaller groups, for one, of course, it's more private, but it's going to give you more attention as well. And that to me is exciting. Like I'd rather go on a group safari with eight of my friends than 30 people I don't know. My partners are doing the smaller groups now and it's very exciting. I feel like they're enjoying it more as well from the last person I spoke with. They said they're loving these safari trips now that they've kind of condensed them a little bit. And, you know, it's not only safari in Africa. You also have here Thailand, you have classic India. So there are other options around the world minus just what we would typically think a safari would be. So I really do love that. I wanted to wrap up this episode by having a discussion about the definition of luxury travel, because I think a lot of folks think that financially savvy travelers are on a budget. Yes, we're on a budget, but doesn't necessarily mean that we're looking for like the bare minimum, you know? So I personally, as a financially savvy traveler, I think of value-based spending. So I definitely want to spend as little as possible when it comes to things I do not value. However, if I plan this accordingly and I plan ahead, I personally feel like I can afford a more luxurious trip because I have time on my favor. I'm putting money away. And this aligns with what I think is enjoyable for vacation. So I would love to talk to you about what is luxury travel and not necessarily like what, what it's not, but more so what it is. And I do think it's more of like a mindset and being able to like dispose yourself to that versus I'm only going to go for the cheapest thing, which I personally don't always do. Right. And I think you have the right mindset in thinking that way. Luxury travel trip to me would be getting to do the things that I want to do and being comfortable with that. So you're right. I don't want to discourage people from the private travel as an option because they're scared that private means pricey. It definitely means more exclusive, but it doesn't mean exclusively expensive. So you're right. Yes, you have to kind of plan what you want to do, how you want to do it, and set yourself a budget and go for that. I think it's important to get what you want out of your travels. And to some people, that might be tent camping. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But to others, it might be all-inclusive. It might be having that chef to cook three meals a day for you. And I don't think you should shy away from getting what you want. Exactly. And you know what? For me, because we were on lockdown for most of 2020, I intentionally still kept saving for travel. It was like a phantom account. (laughs) Like it was going in. And for me, that's a part of being a financially savvy traveler is making sure that travel is part of your life financially, regardless of what's going in. It's always, always saving for travel. And I was intentional about this because I knew that one day, hopefully soon, that the restrictions were going to be lifted and I will want to go out there and see the world. And I wanted to make sure it's on the luxury side, right? Like, especially after having such a hard, hard year that we had. So do you find some of your clients are coming to you with that? Like saying, hey, like, I'm ready to 
do more luxury travel because of the effects of the pandemic or just maybe not even valuing travel before and they're willing to travel now? Yeah, for sure. And I think being cooped up definitely brought that out in people. So you realize how much you need to travel and how much you you don't like sitting still. So yeah, I'm definitely seeing people come to me saying, this has been sitting in my account for a while. I'm ready to do something with it. Let's make it happen. So yeah, it's definitely, I've been seeing a lot more luxury clients looking for different, unique types of things. Exactly. And I have one more question for you. So I love to travel hack as well. Do your clients travel hack certain aspects of their trip? Is it possible to travel hack with private travel at all? Yeah, I think it's just as possible as with commercial travel. You just, again, have to know what you're looking to do and talk to your agent. I always recommend working with an agent, but talk to your agent and see what advice and what tips they have for you because we know a lot more than the general public would. And how soon would you say that someone should reach out to you if they want to plan a trip? A year out, six months out, three months, a week? (laughs) What does that look like? So with private travel, it's a little bit different than commercial travel. Again, because I'm working with private companies, private people, and it's going to depend on what their schedule looks like as well. Recommendation is at least a month. Now, if you're looking to do holiday travel, six months. Now is the time. Like if you're looking to travel during the holidays to your very own private island, now is the time to book. But as far as, you know, just general, any other time of the year, at least a month out. Excellent. Okay. I'm definitely one of those people that tries to plan things six months, nine months out. That for me is the sweet spot. I just want to know what's coming up ahead. So I love that. And then in your bio, you have this really, I keep on like dragging on. I'm like, one more question. Then I have like another question for you. (laughs) So in your bio, you have this beautiful quote here. You said that I aim not to create vacations, but once in a lifetime experiences. What does that mean to you? So yeah, that's definitely the way I like to plan trips for people. When you create a vacation, you know, you go on vacation, a lot of people do annual trips. They go to the same place every year or the same types of places. I know some people who only do cruises and that's great if you're looking to just get away for a while, but they're eventually all going to start to run together. What I aim to do is to create something very unique, something that you haven't done before, something that you haven't seen before, something that you may not have even heard of before and really really emerge you in the culture and the experience of the traveling. Because to me, the learning is just as important as the getting away. I love that. You know, when I think about travel, I don't think about the logistics like, oh, you know, this and that. I think about moments, right? Those special moments that it's like a photograph in your mind of, oh, I was looking at this or, oh, I laughed at that or, oh, I heard this song or this beautiful view or something like that. Like I can go back to that exact moment. And I think that's what's amazing about not only planning a vacation, but going beyond that and planning this lifetime experience. So Sarah, thank you so much for stopping by, really making the case for private travel. I think as a financial side of travel, I'm very interested in this, even if it's something I can do maybe next year. I mean, there's so many things like anniversaries, 
or like planning my own trip for my podcast listeners. Hey, that could be something we could do. So make sure you guys, if you want to get in on a maybe a private trip with me, head over to at the Danielle Desir on Instagram and let me know and we'll see what I can do. So thank you again, Sarah, for stopping by. Please let everyone know how they can connect with you and more about your consultation business. Sure. The best way to get a hold of me is just to visit my website. It is createmyadventure.com. And I have links to different private islands that I feature on there, different private tours. So you could do a little bit of exploring on your own, kind of see if anything catches your attention. And if it does, there is a contact me at the bottom of every page where you can go on there and schedule a consultation with me. And even if there's not something on there that you see that you're looking for, schedule anyways, because we can talk about it and I can make it happen for you. Excellent. And I'll make sure to also include the link to Sarah's blog, because there's a lot of blog posts that dive deeper into what private travel is, travel requirements, some of the destinations like the Galapagos. And I just think it's a great opportunity to educate yourself and just dream a little bit, right? Dream a lot, dream a little bit and a lot. (laughs) Dream big, dream big. All right, Financial Savvy Travelers, thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you guys in the next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode, but don't forget there's way more where that came from. When you become a supporter of the show, you'll get bonus episodes, additional tips on affording travel, real-time updates, as well as strategies for building wealth and creating multiple income streams. Head over to thoughtcard.com forward slash join to support. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I'm at the Danielle Desir. Slide in my DMs and share with me your thoughts about this episode. What did you enjoy? What stood out to you? Let me know. I'd absolutely love to connect with you outside of the podcast. See you in the next one.